And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey folks, welcome into On to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney here to talk Cubs. Thank God. Thank God this is not a Chicago Bears podcast. And so we we will not uh, we will not harm those of you who are Bears fans by talking about it or bore those of you who are not by talking about it. But um, in as it relates to the Cubs, I would only say that I was thinking yesterday as that Bears-Packers game was winding down about what an absolute disaster it was, not only as a game, but sort of concerns that it prompts about where this process is of building the Bears back up. I couldn't help but think about just how different the story is for the Cubs uh, right now, not only because this was a Cubs team, it's easy to forget, that came into this season as a, you know, what, 25% shot at a postseason thing. It was not, that wasn't an expectation. It wasn't, um, it wasn't like, oh yeah, the Cubs are always going to be in the race till September. This, this was a pleasant surprise almost. And here the Cubs are able to lose three of four to the team chasing them in the playoff race and still hold on to the same spot they were in. So, um, and that's to say nothing of what the future arguably looks like for the Cubs, uh, either in comparison to the Bears or really any other um, baseball team. It's just it's just a bright, happier situation, both in the current year and looking ahead to the future. And that struck me uh, during that game, and it struck me again this morning because there's some big, big news originally reported by Jeff Passan and then confirmed by you guys, among others, that Top Cubs prospect Pete Crow Armstrong is going to be coming up this week to join the Cubs in Colorado. Woohoo! I'm almost, I'm still, it's very fresh. We're recording this like not but 45 minutes after the news broke, so I'm still kind of mentally unpacking some of the implications. And I don't want to get too overly excited because I don't want people to think that it's a situation where he's coming up to transform anything. Um, but he is the most notable prospect to come up to the Chicago Cubs in quite a while. Yeah, I mean, they, they, have they had a top 15, top 10 prospect recently? Outside, I mean, I mean, I guess Brennan Davis, but we know how that that went almost immediately after he reached that top prospect status. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, we'll, we'll see how he's used, uh, what, what exact role he has. I mean, it's very obvious he can help defensively. 
uh, as a pinch runner. We know this team, uh, they had some, when, when they have offensive struggles, when the offense goes in a lull, they like to try and take that base and, and try and make things happen offensively. So, uh, it, it could be a smaller role. Uh, we don't know. It could be it could be just starting right away. Talk, Mike Talkman's struggling right now. Jamer Candelario left yesterday's game with uh, I think it was described as back tightness. Uh, so we'll see. There there's so there's ways to get him into the lineup regularly. I know people are going to immediately compare this to the Canario situation. Very different prospects. Very different types of players. Uh, just I mean. It, I, I'm not sure if it's comparable, but we'll see how how often he's used. I, and I I just think like it, we're continuing. I mean, it, uh, Patrick wrote a little bit about this. We've all written about this, but like the present is going very well for the Cubs, and the future is really bright. I think this is just kind of the we're starting to see this right. Like Jordan Wicks comes up, uh, PCA comes up, but Javier Assad's already impacting the club. Uh, that's this is just kind of the beginning of what should be a, a, a consistent trickle of talent impacting the team. I'm curious to see how how, how well he does. I'm curious to see how he's used. But uh, you know, I, I don't want to get too high on this. I don't want fans to over uh, overrate him almost and act like he's an impact bat. But he certainly can impact the team over the final month, and we'll see if he does enough to to earn a playoff spot if they uh playoff roster spot if the cubs get in the postseason i mean pca was the guy that cubs officials would kind of reference when they were talking about you know chris morell or or matt mervis in terms of like being able to carry a young player on the roster and let him develop at the major league level if you know what you're going to get in some area can he impact the game when he goes 0 for 4 and PCA is definitely that guy and you know the comp you know I had heard with him was kind of like Javi when he first came up that you know he'll have some crazy swings he'll look bad moments at the plate but you can put him where the ball is going to be hit he's going to make awesome plays and PCA in center field is that guy I think back to Javi's major league debut which was at Coors Field, uh, second half of the 2014 season. And, like, the Cubs needed that guy to be a superstar. And, like, he was for stretches. And with PCA, I think they just need him to be a nice role player on a playoff contender. And I think that's just a huge difference. Brett, I had the same thought while watching the Bears game of just, you know, a organization. I mean, that was like, you know, peak like Cubs Cardinals at the worst times you know what I mean like just a, a Packers organization <laughs> that just like you know plugs in another guy another homegrown guy and they you know make the big plays they execute the fundamentals um, while the other team just gives away the game and obviously the Cubs did not meet their the standards that they once talked about being like you know the New England Patriots or like Manchester United they they we're in a dynasty. They're not kind of what the Dodgers have become, but I don't know. You look around this city uh, at, you know, how bumbling and insular the white and backwards the White Sox are. You look at the Bears. Um, 
you even look at, uh, you know, what the Blackhawks are, are coming out of. And, you know, all of a sudden, like, Cubs are the Bulls. Don't forget the Bulls. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can. <laughs> God, you can. Yeah, it's just like there's me. a a level of optimism and competency that you don't find uh, everywhere else, and I think PCA is a, a good example of like where things are trending. I like to think about the Javi PCA stuff too, for so many reasons. Like you mentioned, it is just a fun bit of synchronicity that PCA will be coming up at Coors Field just as Javi did, and that's the guy who was literally traded for Javi and um, their, their energy on the field, their demeanor, their attitude, their spark, their um, you'll folks who haven't seen PCA play much. will see why that's an immediate comparison that people come to because he just does that kind of stuff running the bases. You know, yesterday he, he hit a grand slam. Okay. But that was not the highlight that stood out to me. If you looked at the, the clips of his game yesterday, it was, he hit a routine single up the middle, ground ball single up the middle that turned into a double because he just didn't stop running. He just went he forced the throw to second. And you watch that play and you're like, that is a Javi play. That is something that Javi Baez at his peak of athleticism would have done. And of course, he reaches the base and he's screaming and he's like pumped. And it just it just reminds you so much of the things that Javi did. Um, but what I think is really interesting about that the parallels there is where they stop. And this is something you alluded to Mooney, which is when Javi came up, that was 2014. It was the second half where the Cubs were starting to bring up those guys. And it was sort of like, you could start to see the formation of what could be in the future, a competitive team. And obviously it came very quickly in 2015. Um, We look back at that second half of 2014 is when things kind of turned over a bit. Um, PCA it's not just that he is not going to be um, relied on to be a superstar in the way that Javi was when he came up. It's also that he's joining a team that is right now trying to win. Um, I I dig that. I you know we've been talking. It feels like for weeks and weeks and weeks about the possibility that PCA would come up in a complementary role, and this is what competitive teams do down the stretch as they think about how they could bring up a younger player to incorporate some speed, some defense, these things that help round out a roster. Um, but it's it's going to be a very different introduction to the big leagues for him than it was for any, almost any. So it's almost more like a, when Ian Happ came up, although that was earlier in the year, where uh, though a lot of the previous core, they came up at a time when the Cubs not only weren't good, but they weren't expected to be good. And it was like, nope, just get introduced to the big leagues, play well, figure out what it's like to be a big leaguer, face big league pitching, and we'll worry about winning next year. Um, that isn't what Schwarber. PCA is going to get Maybe Schwarber, right, now. right? Maybe Schwarber is the right... Is, is like what PCA... Schwarber or Wilson are the two comparisons, right? Well, Wilson certainly. Was he August? It was, was it sometime in, in 16. It was, I think it was June or July, but... June or July, yeah. Yeah, so certainly... Uh, I still wouldn't quite put the parallel there because they had already started winning in 15. It wasn't quite, but, but in any case, the point still, the point still stands, which is that, you know, I I almost could make the argument that it's an easier um, place to be when trying to make your first big league adjustment, because there isn't going to be this expectation that, okay, you know, things are slipping away from us or, uh, this is the the entire weight of the city and its sports legions are, are 
weighing on you. So it's, I think that's also why I've struggled a little bit here at the outset of this podcast, because it's balancing those two things that like, I'm very excited to see this player come up been following him for since, since the Cubs acquired him years ago. And it's like, okay, really excited to see this young guy, but that isn't a product of me feeling like he is the difference between the Cubs making the playoffs and not. And I don't want anyone else to, to take that away. And I don't, I wouldn't want him to take that away that it's like, okay, they're calling you up because they need you now. It's really more of like a, they're calling up now because I think you're, you're ready to, to help contribute a little bit. Yeah, and there's also, I mean, this is, with with them being in the playoff race, this isn't as impactful or, or as big of a reason right now, but you do want to get him some experience in the big leagues nowadays with the new rules. Uh, you know, if he starts the season next year with the team, and then, what, if he wins Rookie of the Year, they get some extra draft pick. Is that, am I remembering the rules right, right? So there's it's that, yeah. or if they... Or if he finishes top three in MVP voting right. before he hits arbitration. Okay, so so there's, yeah, so there's some benefits here, potential benefits, and he's certainly someone that uh, has a chance to enter the season as you know on everyone's radar as a potential rookie of the year. So it's not like this is like some huge long shot type situation. He, he should be on on people's radars. Yeah, no, I mean I, I think you know the, for the most part this is. This is just another sign of, of good things happening, and, and uh, I think most important, most most importantly, let's see how he's used. I guess uh, that that's where I keep coming back to. Uh, sorry, my brain is going back to the Bears, and I'm thinking about how angry I was in the press box. Uh, <laughs> it was one of those games where I'm like, I'm glad I'm working because if I watched all of this, I'd be in such a bad mood. Uh, <laughs> um, should we should we get to the Diamondback series? I feel like we covered PCA well. Yeah, let's, let's uh, we can circle back. Yeah, we uh, can circle back to that with the Cubs salvaging Sunday's win and then the three that came before. Right. It. I don't know if I said this. Uh, when did we record last Thursday? Uh, so they hadn't played the Diamondbacks. Before Thursday, yeah, before so Thursday. They were, so yeah. it was they were on a high of sweeping the Giants. Uh I for the most part and maybe I'm I don't know maybe I'm being too rosy here I didn't think the offense was like some disaster uh these past few days before Sunday I really thought there were some signs of of just like okay they didn't get that big hit type situation they didn't like sometimes the balls were hit right at people uh one guy who I've been watching since last Sunday since the Sunday in Cincinnati when he had I think four hits Maybe not four hits, maybe three hits. Dainsby Swanson had had a few hits in in Cincinnati. I feel like his at bats have completely changed. I think that's that's one of the bigger pieces here. That uh, some of, especially even during the Arizona series, he looked good to me, uh, and then it paid off on Sunday. Uh, I think those are the little things that that I'm I'm watching that. Okay, they need more than Bellinger, right? And Seiya's hot right now, but who else? Who else is Ian Happ cooling down again? Is is he hot still? You know, you, you need other guys to step up over this stretch. PCA isn't this instant offense guy that that they've called up and and is going to change the lineup, right? He he could certainly help and and give some of that 
juice in the sense that okay if he gets on base it's going to be exciting right if he if he's on base that's a type of situation where he could kind of motivate the rest of the group with how exciting he is but i'm looking for other people to step up that are part of this core and uh, swanson is one of those guys candelario's back issue i think uh i i'm curious how long that's been going on because his numbers have been really rough for a while now. It's not just a, a week or so. It's a, it's basically uh, since a week after he was acquired. He's he's not been hitting that much. Uh, he has random spurts here and there, but just no consistency anymore. Uh, and and I'm curious how long that back has has been bothering him. But uh, I I keep I keep being struck by the resiliency of this group. I keep being struck by the fact that. It's so easy to want to check out and say like, oh, here's that, here it is, here's the collapse, or here, uh oh, they're they're you know they're struggling now, they're they're going to lose way too many games. And they, like they keep proving to us over and over again that these these bad moments uh, are just that moments, and and they can overcome them really quickly. And I think that's that's to me is the hallmark of this group. Like they they have had so many moments where we've counted them out or we wondered is this the is this where the run stops is this where they collapse um, and they have collapsed at times right <laughs> they've had that the like but over the past two months I think I think they've avoided that to the point where um, I think Patrick wrote it uh, and and we've been saying it like it's it's just time to like kind of accept like this team is 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 good and and. While they may have little hiccups here and there, I don't think like an extended stretch. Uh, I don't want to get yelled at, but I don't think an extended stretch of uh, of really poor play is coming that'll sink this group. Yeah, I mean, watching those games over the weekend, you know, those losses, uh, particularly Friday and Saturday, it's not like they played sloppy. Uh, I think, you know, a bounce here, a break there, and I think you're looking at you know, at worst, a series split, if not winning three of four. I mean, that's how close it was. It did feel uh, playoff-ish, uh, just looking at some of the pitchers on the mound, the uh, sound inside Wrigley Field. And, you know, that Diamondbacks team, too, like, they've got a lot of young talent, and I think uh, that was something that, kind of heading into this year if you're looking at the Cubs like as an eye test like I think baseball is so regional that you think like oh my team has great prospects and all of them are going to be great and you you kind of forget about the rest of the landscape particularly a team like the Diamondbacks that kind of operates uh more in the background nationally and you know I thought David Ross um once again kind of handles this pretty well I think his demeanor uh whether it's walking through the clubhouse or in the interview room I think is uh something that this team has really benefited from and yeah I mean they needed that one yesterday I mean we all know how Coors Field plays like weird stuff is going to happen over the next three games uh Chase Field isn't the easiest place to play either the Diamondbacks aren't going away but Oh, this team's kind of been built on, like, treading water, right? And if they could, you know, win a series or split the road trip, uh, they're going to be in really good shape. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I think it's easy for people to forget that this series loss against the Diamondbacks was the first series loss for the Cubs in over a month. Um, And that is a product of not only that they've played well, but it's like you guys have been saying, they just don't really fall into these deep pits where you, you, you know, two losses turns into three turns into four. And I think this weekend was a really good example of both of those points because obviously they salvaged the game on Sunday, kind of had it, pretty well in hand uh even after three losses there's just no there's no hanging their heads after the three losses and thinking oh shit we're going to get swept by this team that's about to tie us in the standings but it's also the fact that you know i would even go back to thursday's game which the cubs did lose by what three or four runs but that was not a non-competitive game that was one where the cubs were smoking the ball all game and it was it might you know i don't i didn't crunch the numbers but it might be one of the uh, uppermost games this year where the Cubs had really good batted balls that turned into outs. And that's just how it happened. And then there was issues with the wind. They had several home runs that 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 weren't because Wrigley t- uh, giveth and taketh away. Uh, but both Friday and Saturday were coin flip games. And the Cubs lost those because the, the hits didn't fall in. But that's what it took, this combination of things. And facing, of course, Zach Gallon was pitching very well. Uh, Merrill Kelly was pitching very well. That's what it took for the Cubs to finally lose a series for the first time in a month is it took a situation where, you know, coin flips didn't go their way. And that isn't me being a homer or being an apologist for the Cubs. It's me recognizing that you could take this three, four series loss and use it as confirmation that the Cubs are a good team. Because I think if you're actually watching, it just was a reminder of that fact. Of course, it's also a reminder that baseball is going to get you sometimes that even in a series where you can point to coin flips they're not always going to fall in your favor and you will lose games you'll lose games that you feel like you should have won you'll lose you'll win games that you feel like you should have lost and and so on and so forth but i felt maybe i would feel differently if the cubs lost yesterday maybe i would have a harder time doing this tap dance if the cubs had been swept but as i watched that series play out i just felt like it was further confirmation of what this cubs team is which is a pretty darn good not elite 
team and uh, maybe maybe even better than a Diamondbacks team that took three or four from them, but looks kind of similar to the Cubs in a lot of ways in terms of the overall talent level. Yeah, I mean, Saturday's game uh, kind of stood out to me as one of those that's like, you you lost that game by like five feet combined with the the hap line drive that was uh, snagged in the tenth, the Jan Gomes being thrown out at second in the ninth. I mean, that, that's like. Can, can I just <laughs> mention on that one, by the way? Oh, that was. I'm watching that game with my kids. I'm on my computer, and he hits that one, and I'm like, I'm yeah. As soon as he hit it, because it ha- it's that direction at Wrigley where it's like you don't really have to crush it for it to go out. Of course, misses the home run by couple inches and it came off the ivy so perfectly people were people were screaming at Jan like you don't think you're a speed demon why are you trying to take second because it it took the the most yeah implausible (laughs) when the ball hits the ivy at Wrigley it does not come off perfectly like that so you are just trained you're taking two every time I want you trying to take two every time and it just it came off perfectly and he still only got thrown out by like half of a yeah, hand so, yeah and then that was another uh, one where was... the wind kind of impacted it right like they i mean i don't know how many home runs they lost this weekend you can't really lament that that uh, that specifically but the fact that they're hitting the ball well I, I think the biggest thing is where we're going on about three weeks now where the starting pitching is at like a two under two five era um listen i like jordan wicks and Javier, Javier Assad had an awful start on Thursday. Like, he had no command of his pitches uh, and and way too many pitches left over the heart of the plate. And uh, I think it was he was lucky to give up only three runs in, what, like five and two-thirds or six innings, whatever. Yes, for, for as much as I'm saying on Thursday that the Cubs hit the ball really right. hard and found gloves, that actually happened on the other side, too. Yep, absolutely. And... Uh, like as great as Wix's start was, whatever day that was, Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, like there's, I, I want to see like a one more start from him where he misses some bats again and and like isn't relying solely on the defense, uh, and and you just want to see Assad bounce back. I my my gut is telling me that was just. Uh, an off day after throwing a career high in pitches and and then just like slightly off with command and he he's the type of guy that can't be slightly off with command and uh and and he'll get right back at it uh so those two things you obviously want to keep watching but the the reality is this starting pitching has been great lately and and that's i think that's as big as anything that's happening right now because this team is built on pitching and defense and when when like when they made their run it was all on offense right it was the offense carrying overcoming some some rough pitching outings and and we haven't even touched on this and maybe maybe it'll happen uh when we get more information as the weeks progress but like the mystery the mystery of of Marcus Stroman continues suddenly like we were all convinced he's out for the year now we don't know when he's coming back but it seems like he will at some point like if he's throwing bullpens or live bps already uh what he has a second one today correct we're recording on monday uh i don't know what the hell's going on there i i don't want to make any assumptions about ro- what role he has and what impact he can have but like i said this team is built on pitching and defense if any of those guys slip it's a nice insurance policy to have uh marcus stroman there at the ready if he is ready uh 
I am not going to make any assumptions on that because we did what 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 was that three weeks ago now when we thought he was coming back. I have no idea what's going on there. For like honestly, every update, I'm just like, okay, uh, when he makes the start, when you announce him as the starter, and he and he's out there, that's when I'll buy it. <laughs> when he throws that first pitch, but it's been such a weird saga that I I don't want to don't want to assume anything. But it, it is interesting in the sense that this team kind of I felt like their ceiling lowered when he when it seemed like he was done right Um, so suddenly if he can be back and be healthy and impact this team in a positive fashion it kind of changes things a little bit but we'll cross that bridge when we get there yeah listen to you guys it just kind of underscores what a weird but good place the Cubs are in when it's like if the Cubs get their all-star pitcher back in like you know two inning bursts great if not whatever that's a weird thing like yeah i mean pca is one of the best prospects in the game but he's just kind of this nice role player to have if and when you need him and yeah they lost three or four to the diamondbacks but they looked pretty good overall and and, you know they didn't get you know blown out or anything like that it's just uh and even the playoff race stuff you know you don't have 1908 hanging over it you don't have this like end of an era you know the core's time is dwindling like i don't know i don't know i barely recognize this team right now when you put all of that stuff together uh we've all been watching it for years but uh it's a really hard to when you take all these things into account um i think it's kind of a new paradigm and that's why we've tried to keep our kind of minds open and our eyes open here of you know, kind of letting things play out. And to this point, uh, the Cubs from top to bottom have largely been proven right. That's in part, it's uh, why it's so much easier to talk about these things after the fact than as they are happening, because you're right. It's, it is probably hard for us to appreciate a paradigm shift fully while it is shifting. And you don't even want to assume that's what's happening. You know, you don't want to assume like, okay, that sustained success thing that the Cubs talked about for so long that didn't happen. We can be honest about that now. And I think be assured that it did not happen. Maybe it's happening now. You know, maybe that's what it looks like now. And maybe that's what these conversations look like year after year after year. If the team can be competitive for years to come, maybe there's a PCA coming up each year or there's a Jordan Wicks stepping up each year or Javier Saad stepping up each year. Uh, it's just really hard to do that when you are in the middle of it, if you are. And I think probably my takeaway um, is to is to be reminded to enjoy the competitiveness of a season like this because nothing is promised after this year. And for as much as I do think the future is bright and do think things like, you know, PCA coming up this year is just kind of a nice complimentary thing. You don't really know what next year is going to look like or the next five years. And so um, I think that that's, that's almost my parting thought for this podcast is that I still am just going to enjoy the shit out of him coming up now and hoping that the Cubs can do well on this road trip and be open-minded about what it could become heading into the playoffs. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think that's where, yeah, I think that's where I would leave it is just just to continue to enjoy. It almost circles back to where 
I opened the pod that none of this was assured for the for the 2023 Cubs. Nothing, nothing was remotely expected, or you know, let alone certain to be here on, you know, mid September talking about these topics. And so I try to catch myself to be reminded this is pretty cool that we're getting to do this now, either professionally or just as fans. All right. Uh, you didn't have to, you don't have to stay. If you don't have anything that's, I can, you know, we're good. So this is on to Waveland. It's the Cubs podcast here at the athletic. I'm Brett Taylor. You can get my stuff at bleach nation. That's the hot of Sharma and Patrick Mooney get theirs at the athletic. The Cubs will play at course field and then chase always a tough road trip going out West. It doesn't, doesn't especially course field doesn't matter how good or bad the Rockies are. That just always seems to be a tough trip for guys. So if you can take two or three, two of three there, you're, you're pretty happy about that. And if, if PCA wants to join Javi and hit a game winning home run in his debut, I wouldn't complain. That'd be, that'd be cool. That those headlines would write themselves. Um, so we'll talk to you later this week. Hope you have a good one and uh, take care all. Sorry, Bears fans. 